The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. excited. Anyone else excited to be here? Come on, I tell you, good things happen when you go to church. Good things happen when you go to church, amen? So, you know, I'm doing something a little different today. I have my, my message here on my phone. I know, right? It's not on paper. So we'll just see how this goes, okay? I am definitely a paper girl. Anyone else actually knows how to read a real Bible? Anyone else got one of these paper things, these from the dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah, come on. You know, I have realized, yeah, see, you know, you don't have to charge this thing, right? I mean, it, it's, it's never flat. It's always ready. It's always ready. And they say that the Word of God is, like, is the sword of the Spirit. The Word should be a weapon. I'm just saying, I've got a six-pound Bible, several kilos. I could do some serious damage with this. If I was going to go Bible bashing, this would be my, my weapon of choice, right? So, uh, so we'll, see how, we'll see how it goes. But anyway, I have been uh, just thinking this morning and, and meditating on this particular topic that I'm about to share with you for, for a while because I think this is something that's really important. And I'm going to talk about breaking through confusion. And the reason that I think that this is so important is because the world has lost its ever-loving mind. It is, it is insane out there. And, um, you know, we, we read in the, in the scriptures that there's going to be wars, there's going to be rumors of wars, there's going to be confusion on every, on every front. But we as believers can be a light in the darkness. We don't need to be confused. We don't need to be wondering what is going on in the world. We don't need to be wondering, does God have a plan for my life? We don't need to be wondering um, what direction we should be going in. We need to be leading the charge. Amen? And here's the thing, you cannot lead others if you're confused. And I think that this is a real tactic of the enemy to, to get the body of Christ in a place of paralysis. You know, fear and confusion will paralyze you, but faith in God will mobilize you. Amen? So, so of all people, we need not cast aside our confidence because it has great recompense of reward. That doesn't mean that everything that happens in our life, everything that happens in the, in the world around us is going to be rosy. You know, we, actually, this is a promise of God that Jesus, uh, Jesus gave us that in this world, in this life, you're going to have tribulation. Anyone want some tribulation today? Trial, tribulation, distress, any, of, any takers? No, no, that's good, right? We want a, we want a hundredfold return. <laughs> <laughs> rebuke me. You can't rebuke the words of Jesus. <laughs> you know, Jesus says, you know, are you going to have a hundredfold return with persecutions? Everyone wants a hundredfold, don't they? Anyone want the persecutions? Uh, not so much. But, you know, he, says, he also says, but, but cheer up. Cheer up. This is John 16, 33. But cheer up because I have already overcome the world. In the Amplified, that verse is, I've overcome the world and deprived it of the power to harm you. He's deprived it of the power to harm us. So why is it in life sometimes we have challenges? We go through things. You know, we live in a fallen world. We're in this world. We're not of this world. And praise Jesus, 
If you don't like this world, one day you're going to get to heaven. And all the things that annoy you about this world won't exist anymore. Amen? So you always have something to be thankful for. No matter how bad things get, you can always say, at least you know where you're going. If you're born again, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know where you're going, your final destination, you've already got the ticket. Amen. You've already been accepted. You already have a pass. Your name's in the book of life. If nothing else, those things, that truth alone can give us peace. And this is what, something that the world does not understand. It doesn't understand how believers can, can walk through life, can walk through challenges differently than they do. Because, you know, when we received Jesus, it wasn't, it, it's not just an idol. It's not a false god. It's not somebody that we bow down and worship. It's not a statue that we worship. It's a real person. This is what sets the relationship with Jesus apart from every other religion, belief system in the world. Our God is real. And he's powerful. And he's personal. And he indwells us. And we can talk to him and he will talk to us. That's what makes Jesus different from any other religion in the world. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship with a living God. And this is the beginning of how we cut through, break through confusion in this world. It comes back to our relationship with Jesus. Our relationship with Jesus. You know, in John 16, 13, it says this. When the spirit of truth comes, this is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Now, you know, we have a prophetic voices in this world, and, the, and those are powerful. I believe that, the, that God has given those as a gift to the body of Christ. But if the only words you listen to are prophetic voices, you can miss the Holy Ghost. Right? You can, because those prophetic voices should confirm the word of God to you. They should confirm that they should witness with you with the spirit of God on the inside of you. But we cannot allow our relationship with God to be in somebody else's hands or in somebody else's mouth, right? We need to make sure that when we have received Jesus, we are spending time with him. You know, I love that, uh, that you have a lover's boot camp preparing people for marriage. This is so important. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of similarities between our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with our spouse. You know, if, if, uh, with Ashley, we've been married 25 years. We got married when we were children, basically, right? 25 years. That's a quarter century. I didn't realize we were that old. It's a life sentence. Wow. Wow, there we go. That's just so touching, isn't it? Comparing your, your marriage to a life sentence. Well, there, bless him. Just, just stretch out your hands and pray for Brother Ashley over here. We're praying for his redemption. Um, this is why we have forgiveness, you know. Um, but, you know, with a, with a marriage, if you didn't spend time with your spouse very much, and we all live busy lives, but if you didn't spend time with your spouse very much, if you only went to them when you had a problem, you know, when there was a crisis, when you needed them to fix something, you know, I'm, my husband looks after me very well. He brings me coffee. I'm going to boast on you now, even though you don't deserve it. I'm going to boast on you now. He, bring, he brings me coffee every morning, every morning, without fail, right? Every morning. And every, all, all the wives are now saying, why don't you do that, right? <laughs> Man, that's what happens when you go to church. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he takes good care of me. But if the only time 
you know, or if our relationship was solely based on the fact of what Ashley does for me, or <laughs> the many numerous things, yeah, putting, he's my chauffeur as well. Yes, yes. You, you, you're very domesticated. Do you want to come and share? Do you want, I mean, <laughs> man. So, but you know, if our relationship was only based on the things that we did, it would still be a very shallow relationship, right? And some of us, when we come and approach the scripture or we approach the Holy Spirit or we approach Jesus, we need to be careful that we aren't forgetting that these are real people. The Holy Spirit's a person. Jesus is a person. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not a person. They don't have feelings and emotion just like you do. You know, and what they need to be spent time with. Otherwise, you'll become strangers. Now, this doesn't affect how much the Lord loves you. That doesn't affect how he sees you and the plans he has for you. But do you want to see more of his power in your life? Right? Do you want to see more clarity, more direction, and more purpose in your life? You know, you share those most intimate things with the people that you're closest to, not with strangers. So this is important. We don't, want, we don't want our relationship with the Lord just to be boiled down to, you know, the everyday, the mundane. God is there. You know, he's, he's a great, uh, the, one, of the, one of the strongest prayers you can pray is, Jesus, help. Right? He's there. Break glass in case of emergency. He's there. But there's more for you than that. There's more for you than that. And to come out of the confusion that we see in the world and to be the light in this world and to lead the charge and to lead others, we need an intimate relationship with the Lord. Not just a one-night stand with Jesus, right? We need an intimate relationship with Him. And you, can't, you cannot microwave that miracle. That's not, well, you know, I'm going to get my now. We love devotionals. We just gave away some of them. But they're a tool to help us. Amen. They're a tool to help us in our relationship, in our starting point, in our study and everything. So we get to know Jesus. But, you know, you can't just get to know Jesus in 10 minutes a day. That's your lot. Time has gone off. And here's where the Holy Spirit is so powerful. You know, we read here that the Holy Spirit, his job is to is a spirit of truth. One of the reasons why confusion is so prevalent is because people don't know the truth. When we know the truth, we're not going to be confused. You know, confusion, the word confusion it's talking about disruption. It's talking about a, a tumult, is what it says, like a, a turmoil. You know, sometimes we feel in our hearts like there is a confusion, that like there is a disturbance, like something's missing, something's broken. We, maybe, maybe that confusion has, has merged into fear or doubt or anxiety or unbelief. But those things begin in a place of confusion. And we need to learn to identify that. You know, the enemy has a plan. He's sneaky. He's sneaky. And he will try to get you away, your focus distracted, your, word, your, your mind away from the Word of God so that he can bring confusion. God is not the author of confusion. It says this is a scripture on this. Let me scroll on down here. I don't know if I like this whole preaching from a phone thing. I haven't, I haven't, I'm not attached to it yet. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all of the churches and of the saints. So peace is a fruit of faith, but confusion, that's a fruit that comes from the enemy. So I don't know about you, but I don't want to tolerate in my life confusion. Now, there might be some times in our life where, where we are going through a process of how to decide a direction, right? Well, how to be led, you know, is that from you, Lord, or is that not? But I'm talking about the kind of confusion that clouds our judgment, 
The kind of confusion that it's like a fog that we can't find the way out of. The kind of confusion that hangs around. The kind of confusion that paralyzes people and starts to cause destruction. I'm not just talking about somebody that, that procrastinates now and then. I'm talking about somebody that is perpetually um, caught in the trap where they cannot make a decision or where they go backwards and forwards vacillating between decisions all of the time. They do this in people. Sometimes you can recognize this in people's lives, people that you hang around with. They, they change their mind all the time. I'm not talking about the occasional indecisiveness. I'm talking about people where you never know if they say yes, whether they mean it or not. In the scripture it says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. See, this is part of integrity. When God speaks his word, there's no confusion added to it. It is a more sure word of prophecy. If we have a promise from God, it's a guarantee. We don't have to be confused, wondering if one day God is going to be in a good mood or a bad mood, whether he's going to go back on renege on his promises. No, when he gives a promise in the word, you can take it to the bank. You can cash it. He, he gives his word. He says he does not return void. In other words, there is no doubt about that word coming to pass. Now, this is, this is important because this is how we apply the word of God to our, our, our physical bodies. You know, we believe, we put faith. Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word and healed them. If we, if we believe that God changes his mind, we're going to have room for doubt in there. In the, in the realm of faith, there's not room for doubt. You know, we, need, we become fully persuaded in our hearts to where this word becomes rooted in us. You know, the, I'm, I'm thinking about Mary when the angel visited her in Luke chapter 1. The angel came and broke some news to Mary and said, you know what, you're, the, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you and you're going to conceive and you're going to bear a child and he's going to be the Messiah and you're going to be called Jesus. And she's like, okay. You know, she may be wondering, I've never heard this before. I've never seen this before. But because she knew that God was a God of his word, she could say, let it be unto me according to your word, Lord. Because she knew God is not the author of confusion. I might not understand. You see, a lack of understanding, not understanding something is not the same as confusion. Confusion is a lack of understanding to the nth degree to where it paralyzes you. There's a difference. Confusion, I believe, is often a demonic spirit that we see in the world. And this is not something that we should be a part of, but it's something that surrounds us and tries to draw us in. But I feel like if we, can, if we know the antidote, you know, here's the thing with the Word of God. There is, it's full of antidotes. There is an antidote in here to just about any problem you're ever going to encounter. And if we know where the antidote is, if we know who the helper is, even though we might find ourselves in a, in a place of, of pain or, 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 um, or fear or distress or trial or tribulation, we've already got the antidote. We already know the one that has deprived the world of the power to harm us. Which means we don't have to step into confusion, wondering whether, wondering if God is in the answer or not. You know, this was so important to us for... For many years, you know, we believed that God could, but we didn't know if he would. Anyone ever heard that, that line of thinking? That God is all-powerful, that God is all-controlling, that God is omnipotent. But we, just, we, we know he can, but we didn't know that he would. That's confusion. That's a trick of the enemy. You see how subtle this can be? If we don't really know what the word of God says, we're going to be fooled into some man's interpretation of it that, is, that has no power. You know, in Romans, it says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all who will believe it. 
If the gospel you've been listening to has no power, it's not the gospel. Think about that for a moment. There are many gospelless sermons that have been preached over the years. And we can tell because there's no power in it. You know, for us, because we, didn't, we knew that God could, but we didn't know that he would, we dealt for many more years with sickness and disease in our family than we had to. It nearly cost our daughter her life. And then one day we heard, hang on a minute, it's not that he, he could, but we don't know if he would, it's that he already has. There's a difference. You see, there's a difference. Suddenly the confusion about the word, we were not confused anymore. We had some clarity over the word. Just because we didn't understand everything didn't mean we couldn't put faith in it. I don't understand everything that's in the scripture. There are some questions, but I'm not confused about it. You see the difference? I might not have understanding. I might not have revelation on some things, but I know the author of the, of the word and he's not the author of confusion. And once we walk in, in, in truth, once the Holy Spirit, we've allowed him in our hearts to be the, the one that guides us into all truth, even those difficult things that we struggle to understand, even these circumstances that, 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 that concern us, we know that God is with us and he's going to lead us into a place of truth. Man, that, that we, we open our hearts. I want to show you something. Isaiah 26.3 says, He who keeps his mind stayed upon the Lord is kept in perfect peace. You know, peace is the antidote to confusion. And the enemy does not want you to be a peaceful believer. He is absolutely distressed about the thought of you having the Prince of Peace on the inside of your heart. Because he knows that peace is the antidote to fear and confusion. He knows that a peaceful believer becomes untouchable to his grubby little paws. He can't move somebody that refuses to be moved from a position of peace, no matter what the circumstances are. You know, no matter what the challenges are, let it be unto me according to your word, Lord. Not according to the doctor's report. Not according to the bank balance. Not according to my friend's opinions on Facebook. Love you, Facebook. Right? But, you know, you don't look for life decisions and words of wisdom on Facebook. You've got to get in the word of God. Get your, work, your face in the book, not on Facebook. Right? I mean, come on. This is powerful. So confusion is the absence of peace. I want to show you how, uh, how confusion works. You know, it's, it comes from a couple of different places. Confusion comes from the flesh and it comes from the enemy. It's not a fruit of God. It's not, you won't find confusion as a fruit of your born-again spirit. It's not listed in there under Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It's not part of your new nature, right? So if we found ourselves struggling with this with this issue, we know that Jesus is the answer. I want to show you this in Second Chronicles. We're going to go over into the Old Testament here. We're going to look at somebody and, and the way that the confusion worked. This is, this is interesting because part of a characteristic of confusion is disruption. Sometimes, you know what, uh, God will even use the enemy's plans. You know, the enemy is constantly confused. It's the fruit of the enemy. So he lives by the fruit of his own nature. He's confused. <laughs> He's confused. And he doesn't have perseverance. So if we can just outlast him, we're going to win. <laughs> right? He's just not that organized. But in Second Chronicles, it shows you something. This is in, in chapter 20. It talks about a huge battle that happened in the Old Testament between Moab and Ammon. The, the, the Moabites and the Ammonites, they came against Jehoshaphat, uh, Israel, the kingdom of God. And there was all of these armies that collaborated against each other. Have you ever found yourself in a circumstance where it seems like everything is going wrong? 
where nothing is going right and it seems like trouble after trouble, trial after trial, they all happen at once. Can anyone, yeah, any has ever happened to? This is what was happening to Jehoshaphat. And so all of these people decided to band together and come against him. It says in verse 2, a lot, uh, some came and declared this to Jehoshaphat, a large multitude cons- uh, coming against you from across the Dead Sea, from everywhere. It says in verse 3 that Jehoshaphat was fearful, but he set himself to seek the Lord. See, this is the path out of confusion. This is the path out of fear. We set ourselves to seek the Lord. Yeah, I see what's going on in the world. Yeah, I see what my boss says. Yeah, I see what my business is doing. I see what's the deficit in my bank account. Yeah, I know what my body is feeling. But what does the Word say about that? Because it's not the only report that's talking to you. There's another one, right? So Jehoshaphat says, I don't know what to do. I'm a, I feel a fear. I feel afraid. But I'm going to set myself to seek God. In fact, he got everyone around him to do the same thing. And he started to rehearse in the presence of the people the promises that were spoken over them from years before. They started to rehearse, you know, and he, and he, and he started to declare, you know what, we're in covenant love with God. He's a, he has a covenant with us. He has a promise with us. He's given us words. He's given us promises. He's declared goodness over us. This is our land that he has given into our hands. And those promises don't just go by the wayside because we have some challenges. This is what happens when the enemy comes against you. There is a standard of the Lord that rises up in our spirit against the lies of the enemy. That comes from the inside out. It needs to come out of our mouth. We get, and this is, you know, I've just got a confession. This, I'm using confession cards as bookmarks. We have a whole lot of confession cards, but these are really powerful to help you get the Word of God, to stir you up on the inside and help you to set your face to seek the Lord. So he gets his people together and he says to them in verse 12 here, For we have not strength enough to stand for this great army that is coming against us, and we don't know what we should do. We don't have all of the understanding, the answers to the problem. But he says, but our eyes, they're on you. There's only one place our focus needs to be when confusion is coming against us, and that's on the Lord. Remember, we can't lead from a place of confusion. All we can do is run and hide. We can't lead people. We can't lead our family if we are confused or deceived or in disturbance or disruption. We can't lead our our businesses. We can't lead in our workplace, in our schools. We can't lead out of a place of confusion. So he said, I don't know what I should do, but I I feel fear in my body. I don't have enough strength. Everything in the natural is coming against me. Everything in the odds are against me. It does not look like we are going to succeed, but... There is someone on our side that's not on their side. We have the Lord God of angel armies on on our side. Amen. The Lord of hosts on our side. He is our deliverer. He is our healer. He is our provider. He is our Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. He is our peace in times of trouble. And so he says, our eyes are on you. He says to the people in verse 19, do not fear or be dismayed. You know, this is really important because fear is one thing. Dismay is something else. You know, it starts to get into our soul. It starts to make us downcast. It starts to put our head down. It starts to make us depressed. It starts to kill our vision for the future. It starts to paint a picture of defeat rather than victory on the inside of us. So he says, don't fear and don't be dismayed. Because of this great army, because the battle is not yours, it is the Lord's. It is the Lord's, amen? 
He goes on down to verse 70, he says, It will not be necessary. Say, not necessary. You see, sometimes we, ha- we think that we have to spend all this time fighting the enemy. He's already defeated. Why waste your time with a loser? Who wants to support a losing team? No one here, right? We know what winning looks like. Come on. We know what victory looks like. Does it feel good, you Springbok supporters? Does it feel good? Right? So don't back a losing team. The enemy's a loser. Quit agreeing with him. Or you'll both be wrong. It says it will not be necessary. Listen, I'm not talking about football here before you'll get down to it. That's how you can scrap outside after that one. It says, <laughs> you will not be necessary for you to fight in this conflict. Take your position, stand, observe the deliverance of the Lord for you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be filled with terror, because tomorrow you're going to go out before them, and the Lord, the Lord is going to be with you. The Lord is with you. Now, this is really interesting what happened next. I love this. This probably, Pastor Tafara, I'm not sure that you'd have made this decision that King Jehoshaphat made. You have Pastor jo- Marshall sitting next to you, the worship team, right? They're, they're, they're awesome, by the way. But sometimes the creative people amongst us are not the people we'd necessarily send out to fight the big burly soldiers. I don't know. You know, with their instruments. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You might be able to do some damage with a keyboard. It's pretty big. It's kind of hard to like bash on someone or poke someone. You could kebab someone with a microphone stand. I don't know. But here, you know, they sent out the worship team first. And everyone's going to know that has to be God because that's not a decision we would make, right? Only the Lord. If they, if they win this, this truly is a miracle. Right? So here they are, it says, they sent out the worshippers first. But I want you to show, show you how the enemy turns confusion around. He takes what the enemy sends us up to, to us and he turns it around and he uses that same weapon against the enemy. He turns it around. You just think of the children of Israel. When they went through the Red Sea, the very sea that delivered them was the sea that killed the Egyptians. Come on. The thing that's coming against you, I'm here to tell you, church, the thing that's coming against you is going to be the very sword that you use to slay the enemy. It's coming. Turn it around. He's going to turn it around. Say, turn it around. This is what the Lord does for you. He fights your battles. He says here, Listen to me, Judah and Jerusalem and those dwelling around. Believe the Lord your God and you will be supported. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. It says in verse 22, when they began singing, something happens when we begin singing. Something happens when we begin praising. Something happens in the middle of the challenge when we get to praise and worship. Something changes in a spiritual dimension that the devil says, oh, that wasn't what I was looking for. There wasn't, he expected you to be afraid. He expected you to be dismayed. He expected you to be paralyzed with fear, hiding under the bed out of confusion. He expected you to be backing off. But here you are coming out singing and praising. He doesn't know what to do with that. He doesn't know what to do with that. Man, this is so powerful. And they were so confused. Look at this. When they began singing, the Lord sent ambushes against Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. 
you know, they were so confused. Actually, it says um, that they started to fight against themselves. It says, going down, it says, each man attacked his companion to destroy each other. The con- you see, what happens when you get to praise and worship, when you get to singing, when you get your praise on, the enemy gets confused. He gets disorientated and they start fighting amongst themselves. In fact, the Lord didn't have to fight. You didn't have to fight. Just your praise and worship goes to battle on your behalf. It goes to battle on your behalf. The enemy destroyed itself. And it says that when they came, just a few verses later, it says, when Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they turned to the vast army and only they saw the corpses lying on the ground. No one was spared. No, they killed each other. They, their own swords. It says all that Jehoshaphat had to do with the people was to gather the plunder. They found amongst them an abundance of riches. Say an abundance of riches. So much so it took them, it took them several days. Three days, it says. They were gathering the plunder for three days because there was so much to carry. Now, did anyone going into that battle think that they were going to come out the other side with three days worth of booty? Probably not. But you, that was the testimony of the Lord. He can take any situation, any circumstance, any test and make it a testimony. Any mess and make it a message. Any trial and make it a triumph. Amen. He can take any victim and make them a victor. Amen. So when you feel, when you look at yourself, when you look at your life and your situations, maybe you look at your family tree and it doesn't look like a very pretty tree. Maybe where you came from isn't very impressive. But the Lord says, I can work with that. I can work with that. Anyone that will praise me, anyone that will get into prayer, anyone that will believe me, I can work with that person. I can fight for them. I can deliver them. I can prosper them. I can heal them. All we have to do is say, let it be unto me, Lord, according to your word. Not according to the circumstance, but according to the word. Man, this is so powerful. We do not need to be confused as the world is confused about who God is or who he has called us to be. We can find the answers to these things in the word of God. He has a plan for our life. We don't need to be confused about the direction that he is leading us. Many people ask us, what is God's will for my life? Well, have you read the Word? In the Word it says, this is the will of God for you, right? First of all, that we will and praise Him, but it says that that they may know me. Philippians 3.10, this is the will of God, that they may know me and the power of my resurrection. If you don't know what else to do, get to know Him. And then you'll get to know pretty quick. The specific direction that God has for you, that God will reveal to you through the Holy Spirit and through His Word. He will reveal it to you. He's not hidden it from you. He's hidden it for you. Amen? He's, he's called us to, to rise up. The other place, so the, the two places, let's look at this. The two places that confusion comes from. The flesh is ignorant. This is the problem. In Hosea 4.6, it says, My people are destroyed. Some translations say perish. For lack of what? For, you got, oh, you've got these behind me. Look at that. I didn't even know. Look, it says, for lack of knowledge. Or it says here, this is in the, this one. It says, because you have rejected knowledge. This is, so, this is so important. You know, if we have a lack of understanding in the area, we can have a lack of understanding about uh, mathematics. 
right? We can have a lack of understanding about languages. We can have a lack of understanding about, I don't know, physics. But we cannot afford to have a lack of understanding about the Word of God. We cannot. Because it doesn't say that people are destroyed for poverty. It doesn't say that they're destroyed for lack of money, although money is an answer to many things. It doesn't say, you know, they're destroyed because they don't have a doctor, although medicine can be an answer for many things. It says they are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If we have a knowledge of the Word of God, of who God is, there is an antidote in this world for any other problem that might come away. Whether it's financial, physical, medical, it doesn't matter, right? an issue of the soul. Man, we have antidotes in the Word of God for these things. So where does this, where does this confusion come from? Well, it happens slowly. I want to take it over to Mark chapter 5. Now, this is a curious passage that you might think, I don't know why she's preaching on this one, but I'm going to explain it to you. This is the story of a man that was, uh, that was possessed by a devil. He was demonized. He was in the region of the Gadarenes. The word Gadarenes, it means there's a reward at the end. There's a reward at the end, this region. That's the name of it, okay? Jesus actually went through a storm to get to the other side of the lake to reach this area for this man. And you might think, what is it about this man that is so important? You know, Jesus will chase you down just for the one. You're that important to him. He will chase you down for the one. But I want to show you this man had gone beyond confusion. He had gone beyond confusion. And the problem with this is it says in, in, in James 3.16, it says that, that, that where there is confusion, there's every evil work. Envy and strife, confusion and every evil work. They go together. See, confusion and evil go together. We start in a place of confusion and when we move away from a place of peace. We step into confusion when we move away from peace. And if we carry on down that road of confusion, there will be every evil demonic thing that opens up to us. None of us want to go down this path. This man had found himself. He says he was living... He came out of the, the house at Jesus, basically. He came out with an unclean spirit, came out of the tombs and met him. He lived among the tombs. No one could constrain him, not even with chains. He often had been bound with shackles and chains, but he'd pulled them apart and broken the shackles to pieces. No one could subdue him. This is really interesting because subduing is one of the things that the Lord gave to mankind to do in Genesis 1, 26, 27. Right? In that, in that passage there, he told us that we are to subdue the earth. And yet here we see this man himself has been subdued by the powers of darkness. Well, something went wrong, right? The very thing that he's supposed to have authority over has taken control of him. How did he get there? He got there from confusion. I want to show you this. He says he was always day and night uh, in, the, in the tombs, in the mountains, crying, cutting himself. This is a picture of the enemy. You see what the enemy does is he likes to destroy, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He likes to create torment. He likes to make people damage themselves. He's a, destroy he's a destroyer, right? And, and he's an isolator. He, this man had been separated from his, from his family. He'd been separated uh, from his community. He was isolated. These are, these are all plans of the enemy that happen when we step into confusion. This is the path that the, he'll take you down. This is why we need to be wary of him. You know, there's something interesting about this region this region here in the Gadarenes, and we come to find there was a huge, massive herd of pigs that were being raised in this region. You know, this man here that, that, that Jesus came to minister to should not even have been in this region. 
He shouldn't have been here because he was a Jew. He shouldn't have been here because Jews were not supposed to even be associating with the pigs. The pigs in the Old Testament, they were told that they were unclean animals. They, they were not fit, that they shouldn't even touch one of these creatures lest they also become unclean. They had no business. He was where he shouldn't be, doing things he shouldn't be doing with things he shouldn't be hanging around, people he shouldn't be hanging around with. See, evil communications corrupts bad, good habits. This is a problem. This is one of the ways that confusion creeps in. But this man, even in his state, he says, but he saw Jesus afar off and he ran and he knelt before him. You see, even though the, 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 the powers of darkness had so infiltrated his life, they still were not powerful enough to keep this man from Jesus. You see that? This is a man that has had demonic oppression. He's given over his life to the power of darkness. You know, in the continent of Africa, there are so many people likewise that have entered into the power of wrong spirits ancestral worship, all kinds of ritualistic things. Let me tell you, no matter if that's your history, if that's no matter what you've dabbled in, that's no match for the name of Jesus. And at any point, you can throw yourself down and kneel at the feet of Jesus. Amen. He is ready to accept you. So this was an act of worship. This man wasn't just paying respects. You know, he was in control in this moment. The demons weren't in control in this moment. You see this? This, you know, this, these demonic influences can influence believers also. Because it's your spirit part of you that gets born again. Your soul does not. Demonic presences can only operate in your soul and your body, not your spirit. So can believers be influenced by demonic presences? Absolutely. They can't own you, but they can oppress you. But even then, this man was in control in this moment. Because you can bet that the, it would, the demons would not have wanted him to go kneel at the feet of Jesus. No, the man wanted to do that. He was in charge at this point. And they have a conversation. And, uh, and then Jesus starts speaking. And he, the, the long story short is, is, is he, he casts out the, the, the demons. And the demons actually beg him to send them. It says in verse 12, the demons pleaded with him, asking, send us to the swine so that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits entered into the swine, the herd numbering about 2,000. You see, this was a huge profitable business operation that was happening here. And the reason Jesus went across the, 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 the lake, the Sea of Galilee, to get there was because these, in this area particularly, these pigs were raised for one purpose, to be used in pagan worship. These pigs were known to be the pigs that were raised for pagan worship. They were going to be sacrificed to other gods. They were going to be sacrificed to idols. Jesus wasn't just about delivering this one man. He was shutting down a whole demonic business operation. A whole thing was going on here. And he was saying to the people that were taking care of their pigs, you have no business being here. You have no business doing business with these people. You shouldn't be here. This is where the enemy creeps in, right? We need to be careful. So when he, when he cast the, the demons into the pigs and they, since they ran wildly down the steep hill, they were drowned in the sea. And this created quite a stir. You know, the people around, they would have heard all about this, okay? But the next thing that happens was they find this man that was possessed with the legion of demons sitting and clothed in his right mind. Peace had come upon him. Jesus had delivered to this man the antidote for his confusion. The antidote for his confusion. 
you know, this is, this is so interesting. That, that, you know, in Isaiah 65, verse 4, in the Amplified, it actually describes this very well. I don't know if you have the Amplified back there. But it talks about the process that was happening that Jesus was referring to and why he was so upset about it. It talks about the fact that they were offering, eating the, f- the um, flesh of swine. Here we go. Who sit, this is what this man was doing. He was referring to this. Who sit among the graves trying to talk with the dead. That's necromancy, right? Who, and lodge among the secret places or caves... He was among the caves where familiar spirits were thought to dwell, who eat the swine's flesh and the broth of abominable and loathsome things in their vessels. This is describing the situation that this man was in. He went there. Maybe he went there on a business trip. Maybe he went there to make money. But before we know it, he's also touching and eating of the pigs. His standards have started to slip. He's moved away from the Word of God. He's moved away from the promises of God. And now he's entered in to people with people that are trying to talk to the dead you see how the slippery slope happened but it just came with association you see confusion will come with association it'll come with the things that we listen to the people that we hang around the 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 practices that we step into outside of the word of god and in that is every evil thing that is waiting for you behind the door of confusion we don't want to find ourselves here but the minute that the man turned towards Jesus, no matter what he'd done, no matter how far he'd run, no matter how long he had been there, he didn't need to stay in that place of torment. You know, Jesus was right there ready to bring peace back to this man's soul. So much so, it says the other people were afraid. They could not understand what had happened to this man. You see, the devil cannot touch a peaceful believer. He cannot touch a peaceful believer. And look at the result of this man. Shortly after that, he was clothed. He was in his right mind. Jesus says to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. Man, this is what we need to do after church. Go home to our friends and tell them the great things that the Lord has done for us and have compassion on them. You know, he was restored. The peace of God broke through that man's confusion. It brought him to a place of deliverance. It gave him purpose again. It gave him prosperity again. It gave him health again. It gave him freedom again. This is what the antidote of the peace of God will do in your life if you're coming through a place of confusion. Don't walk down the path of confusion. It doesn't belong to you. It's not who you are. You know, the other thing is that the, the, the confusion is a curse of the enemy. James 3.16, he says this, For where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. But look at the answer. But the wisdom of God that is, from, is, is, is first pure and then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits. You see, the peace of God has good fruits. Right? It says it's without partiality and without hypocrisy and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. You know, when you receive Jesus, you receive the prince of peace. You have peace as the fruit of your born again nature. As, as believers, we are created to be peaceful believers. And we're meant to be led by peace. You know, one time, and this is really, this is, I'm just going to share with you a mistake that I made when I stepped away from a position of peace. You know, busyness can be uh, confusing. Your schedule can be confusing. You know, the enemy doesn't have to use sin in your life to draw you away from God. 
He'll use busyness. He'll wear you out. He'll, he'll grow you weary with doing good if he can't get you into sin. He just wants your agreement in some area. And so I was going on a trip one time to, to England, to the UK, and I had a whole tour booked up. And, you know, I was partway through that. And as I'm over there, you know, I'm in my hotel room and I'm preparing for a meeting the next day, in a couple of days' time. I'm preparing for a meeting and suddenly I just felt like something came over me that wasn't good. Like it was almost a demonic depression. Like it was the dismay. It was like fear. It was like those things that Jehoshaphat was tempted to be drawn into. And in that moment, I had lost my desire for the Word of God. I lost my, and it was so sudden. It, I lost my desire for, for ministry. I couldn't even think. It was almost like I couldn't even think straight in that moment. You know, sometimes this is demonic. Sometimes it's just a result of just being busy. I'd been very busy up until this point. But, but I'm like, Lord, so I didn't know what to do. So I started praying in tongues. You see, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you back into a place of peace. So if we find ourselves in confusion, we just need to deploy the Holy Spirit. Man, that's going to that's gonna upset the enemy right, right there. Deploy the power of the Holy Ghost. You cannot live in this world on your own strength. The army is too great. The things coming against you are too great. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so I started to pray in tongues, pray in my prayer language. And I started to ask the Lord, Lord, what is this that has been coming against me? I know it's not from you, that you are not the author of confusion, but where did this come from? And he says to me, where are you? I thought, oh my gosh, don't you know where I am? I'm right here, Lord. He knows where I am. That wasn't the point. He was like, why are you where you are? I'm like, I'm here, Lord. I come up with all the good reasons. I'm here, Lord, doing your will, doing your bidding, pre preaching the gospel, the good news. I'm here, a servant, yours to command. He says, I didn't tell you to be there. You see, sometimes we can find ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. Because we're going off in, a, in an area, it doesn't mean those people are bad. It's just not where we're supposed to be, right? I was not led by the Lord to do that trip. I wanted to do it. I was like, wow. And did some good things happen? Yes, yeah, some good things happen. But the Lord's like, this is why this has come upon you. Because you, you stepped away from a place of peace. When that hit me, I was like, God, I never, want, I never want to feel what it is like ever again to be outside of the peace of God. And, I, and I, I'm like, I don't know what I've got to do, Lord. He's like, well, you, better, you can write this wrong. I said, but Lord, I knew, I, I knew that meant getting on the plane and going home. And I'm like, I'm going to have to tell all these people. They're going to be mad at me. You know, have you ever found yourself in a position where you kind of backed yourself into a corner with all really good ideas and you, it sounded good and it sounded like you were doing the right thing, but you realize that peace has left you and you don't have peace anymore and you're like, oh, what have I got myself into? Anyone else ever done that or is it just me? Come on, right? And the Lord's, you know, here's the thing. There's no easy way out of that. You cannot save face. Right? I just had to upset a whole lot of people. And I'm like, Lord, can we not, you know, can I not have some excuse to tell them? Man, people were angry at me. They were mad at me. And I knew it was my fault. And I didn't have a great excuse to tell them. I just had to have the egg, like the whole omelette on my face. Right? And, and I had to tell people. He, the Lord said to me, What is my, I said, I, this is what I did. I said, Lord, I've given them my word. He says, Oh, what's more important, your word or my word? 
Yes, sir. And I, I said, actually, book me a ticket. Get me on a plane. Get me out of here. So I had to tell them, I'm sorry. I have no good reason. Only the peace of God has left me and I'm where I shouldn't be. And I need to get back to where God has told me to go. I need to, be, I need to be back home. And, you know, sometimes we don't understand the whole picture of why these things are so important. But when I got home, the Lord really was wanting to spend the weekend with me. I think I got home late on Friday. That whole weekend, the Lord just, was, was just really speaking to me. And he wasn't mad at me. That wasn't the issue. But he had an assignment for me that I would have missed. I would have missed it. And, you know, that whole week, those next few days, he kept downloading. I kept having dreams and visions. And in my sleep, I just kept dreaming that I was raising people from the dead. I'm like, what is this? I mean, every time I go to sleep, I'm raising somebody else from the dead. What is going on here? Little did I know that just a few days later, we had a big healing conference. And while I was speaking, a lady came and her baby had died. And she laid that baby at my feet while I'm ministering. And you know what we saw? Jesus raised that baby from the dead. We cannot afford to step out of a place of peace. Colossians 3, 15 and 16, it talks about let peace be your umpire. Look at this. We'll start here. Verse, uh, this is Colossians 3, verse 14. Above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. This is our relationship with the Lord. This is our source of peace. This is our source of power. This is our source of direction, right? The love of God. It says, and let, as a result of that relationship, so and is the result of something. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts or be an umpire. In some, it says, I think in the King James, rule, like to make a decision. You know, decisions were made in the, in the match last night. You may have agreed with some of them. You may not have agreed with other ones. Some of them may be controversial, Right? But we need to let the peace of God make those decisions in our hearts. It says here, this is important. It says, you, to which you let the peace of God rule in your heart, be the umpire, the decision maker, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. This is where we get our little praise on. We get our little worship on. Let the word of Christ, the word of God dwell richly in you in all wisdom. Why? Because the word of God is what gives you clarity in the confusion. It gives you direction. It gives you answers when all you see is problems. Teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing your grace in the heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in work or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. There's a whole lot of thanksgiving that goes into that. But the bottom line is confusion is the result of envy and strife. And it attracts every other kind of evil work. It comes uh, with its friends. Confusion likes company. Misery likes company. Fear likes company. These things come together. We cannot afford as believers in this world today to be drawn into those things. But the antidote of this, the antidote of this is the, is the wisdom that is of God. James uh, uh, 3.17 says, But the wisdom that is from above, is first pure and then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, has good fruits, and it's a fruit of our righteousness, a peace that's sown in peace. Man, this is so important. The Holy Spirit brings truth and clarity and direction, and He brings power. So here's the thing. I want to pray for people specifically. If they have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit... 
You know, this is so important. It's the Holy Spirit that is our helper. He's our, he leads us into all truth. You know, this, this experience is not the same as the experience of you being born again. The reason I can hear the Holy Spirit on the inside of me clearly is because I know him. I have received him. I know him, I know him by his name. He, he speaks to me and I hear him. We are his sheep and we hear his voice. If you are struggling to hear the voice of God, you know, the, John 10, 27 says that we are his sheep and his sheep hear his voice. Don't believe the lie that you cannot hear the voice of God. But I'm telling you, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to hear the voice of God a whole lot clearer. Amen. You know, Jesus didn't do any miracles in this earth before he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, after, after Pentecost has happened, he says actually to his, to his um, disciples here, do not de- this is Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So they came together in the upper room. He says, It is not for you to know the dates and times that the Father is fixed by his own authority. Verse 6, but you shall receive power. That is dunamis power. That is miracle working power. How many people would like to see some of that in their lives? Right? Come on. We are miracle dispensers. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's when you receive the power. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. We cannot lead effectively without the wisdom and the power of the Holy Ghost. We cannot be effective small group leaders. We cannot be effective uh, ushers in the church. We cannot be effective children's ministry workers. We cannot be effective shopkeepers or daughters or, or husbands or wives or parents if we do not have the power of the Holy Ghost. This is not an option for extreme believers. This is for every believer. If it was good enough for Jesus and his disciples, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for all of us. He says this power, and I want to show you there is a gift that comes with this infilling of power. He says in Acts 2 verse uh, 4, and they were, the, 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 the Holy Spirit came upon them, it says, in tongues of fire, and they were all filled, say all, were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they all began to speak in tongue, other tongues as the Spirit enabled us to speak, enabled them to speak. You know, speaking in tongues is such a powerful gift. The reason that I, I, I encourage everyone to pray in tongues every day is because there are so many, pra- so many practical things here. You know, for many years I struggled with fear. I struggled with anxiety. Some, some of the things that I'd been through, there were some very real things to be afraid of. These weren't unfounded things. There was a very real and present danger in my life. There was a demonic power that was trying to draw me away and push me into witchcraft. Some of those things were, were none of my fault. Some of those things were my decisions. But either way, that fear and that anxiety filled me. It colored all of my decisions. It confused my mind. And it attracted the other enemies, the other, the other powers of darkness, the envy, strife, and every evil work followed those confusions into my life. It seemed like I went from train wreck to train wreck, from problem to problem, from trial to trial, from sickness to sickness. It seemed like if, everything, if anything could go wrong, it did go wrong. And I know there are many people that are like that. You know, I, I had what I would say, I had a wounded rabbit syndrome. You know, when, an, when a rabbit is being attacked, it screams like a child. It sounds distressing. And even if that rabbit escapes one of those, one of those attackers, 
You know, because it keeps on screaming, even after the attack has passed, it attracts other predators to come and devour it. Many of us have gone from train wreck to train wreck, and we've got this wounded rabbit syndrome on the inside of us because we cannot yet see ourselves in a victory. And because of that mindset, we start to open the door inadvertently to the sound. We put out a sound that attracts the enemy. The only way to stop that sound is to change it on the inside. The only way to be free from that sound and the power of darkness of being attracted to you is by having the power of God on the inside of you. The miracle working power of God, you know, flowing through you, abounding, flowing through you into every good work. That's the only antidote. And the minute that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, there was a peace that filled me. There was a peace that surpassed all understanding that filled my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You know, the job of the Holy Spirit, He's the comforter. He's the helper. Can anyone say, I need some help? I need that kind of help in my life. He leads you into truth. He's so practical. One of His jobs is He reveals the hidden mysteries of the Word of God. If you lack understanding, if the Word of God seems difficult to understand, it's because you haven't read it with the Holy Spirit. His job is to reveal it to you. It's to declare the works of God to you and be the power through you. It's, the, it's to bring back to your remembrance the goodness of God. If you're struggling to find things that you are thankful for in your life, the Holy Spirit will bring things back to your remembrance that you had forgotten. He will help you look back at your test and see the testimony even in the darkness. The mess and see the messengers even in the darkness. He will help you to look back even at things in the past and bring the glory of God out of those things. He will take you from a place of defeat to victory, from bondage to freedom from sickness to health. This is so important, you do not want to miss it. And when we speak in other tongues, there's something powerful that happens. The devil can't understand it. That's why he doesn't want you to receive it. He doesn't want you to have the peace of God. He doesn't want you... Man, if he could have stopped you receiving salvation, he would have done. He just ain't that smart. He's not that powerful. But if he can stop you, if he can make you ineffective as a believer... If he can keep the promise of God from manifesting in your life through distraction, confusion, anything else, he will. But the moment we put our faith in the promises of God and we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, to go through us in his power, the enemy has no, no, no constraints over us. The shackles are off. It doesn't matter how much bondage for how long he has kept us in, the Holy Spirit, an encounter with the living God will cause you to break free from those shackles. Break free in every area of your life. So I want to put this out as an opportunity because everyone can receive a prayer language today. Do I have any people in here that would say, I speak in tongues and I recommend it. My name is Carly Teredes. I'm a baptized in the Holy Spirit and I approve this message. Right? Come on. But here's the thing. If you do not have this, we want to give you the opportunity today. This is a gift. This is free. If you have received Jesus, that is the only qualification. Could we stand up real quick? I think we're going to pray for those people, and it's just better if we stand up. I don't know. I like to stand up when I pray. I like to walk around when I pray. You can do what you want when you pray, but I've got the microphone, so we're going to do what I want. <laughs> okay. So what I have anyone here in here say, I've never received Jesus, or I've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or I don't speak in tongues, but I'd like to. Could you put your hands up where you are? We have a lady down here. We have people at the back. Put your hands up really, really high so I can see you. 
really high. Would you come on out here for me? Just, just come on out because I'm going to pray with you personally. You can do this at any age. Children can be baptized in the Holy The people at the back with their hands up. Come on down. Give them a round of applause, can we? And let them through the crowd. Just let them through. They're coming from the back as well. I might take a few moments to, to get down here. But I don't want to miss. You know, there are people watching online as well also. And I know that this applies to you too. So you can join in. You can lay hands on yourself. And you can receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Are, are people still coming on? Come on down. Be bold. Come on. This is awesome. This is going to be such a powerful gift in your life. You know, sometimes we don't know how to pray. Have you ever found that sometimes you just don't know how to pray for a situation? The Holy Spirit is so powerful because when you pray in the Holy Spirit, it says you are praying the perfect will of God. If you don't know God's will in a situation, you pray in the Spirit, you pray in perfect prayers because it is your Spirit that is doing the praying. Amen. So if you want to pray perfect prayers, you pray in the Spirit. And while you're praying perfect prayers in the Spirit, He's giving you witty ideas. He's giving you answers to problems. He's showing you things by the Spirit you could not have otherwise known in the natural. He's showing you whether someone's even telling the truth or not because He leads you into all truth, right? He's a very powerful tool. So is there anyone else? Last chance. If you want to get born again or you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit, you better make it snappy. Get on down here. Okay, so are all of you born again? You're born again? You're born again? Yeah, you've received Jesus? Yeah, yeah, you received Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to do now, all that's left to do, it says all that were asked were filled. This is a guarantee. We don't have to wonder if this is God's will. He says yes. I already asked him. He said yes, okay? And all that ask are filled. So the minute we lay hands on you, you're going to be filled. Now sometimes, and all of these brothers and sisters are also going to be praying for you. Now, sometimes when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we can feel something tangible. But sometimes we don't feel anything at all. That's perfectly fine. There's no right or wrong way to, feel, to receive. But the one thing I need you to know is because you ask, you receive. You don't have to go away wondering if it worked or not. Wondering if it's stuck or not. It's a guarantee. Just like salvation. Amen. So we're going to ask for, the, for, the, for Jesus to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to lay hands on you. And then uh, we're going to start praying in tongues. Everyone that asks gets a prayer language. Don't look so terrified. It won't hurt. I promise. Okay. And everyone's going to be praying in tongues. You can't mess this up. You cannot mess this up. I promise you. Right. But when you pray in tongues, this is a language that you will not understand. Because it will come from your spirit, not from your mind. So all we need you to do to get over the silliness of it all, because sometimes you feel a bit silly, right? Everyone's going to be praying in tongues. Just listen to what other people is, uh, are praying and start to, to emulate them. Start to copy them. But as you copy them, your tongue will come out differently. All that does is it gets your lips to move. The Holy Spirit's not going to come upon you and make you move like a puppet. He won't make your lips move. He's not going to do that. We need to move them. Amen. And, and, and just let him come out of us. And as we do that, we're going to receive our prayer language. And then it's just going to be so powerful because you get to use this every day. It's going to change your prayer life. Amen. Are we ready? Do we have some, some people that can lay hands? Do you have people? Can you take a step closer to me here? I can't reach that far. I might just fall off the stage. 
Okay, and we have some brothers and sisters going to lay hands on you from behind as well. And we have a little one here as well. Let's not miss out on the little one too. Amen. So let's just all pray right now. Father God, I just thank you that it is your will for my brothers and sisters here to be filled with your Holy Spirit. So Jesus, we lay hands on these believers right now and we ask them that you fill them with your Holy Spirit now in Jesus' name with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Lord, we believe it and we receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Put your hands up. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We believe and we receive and we are filled. And now all we do is we start praying in tongues. So listen to me. Everyone else, stop praying in tongues. Anything that comes out of your mouth that is not a known language, start to, to, to imitate. In my ear, do it here. There we are, this lady. She's praying in tongues. There we go, we got it. You got it, you got it. Here it is. You have to let it out of your mouth. Start to copy someone around you. Thank you, Lord. These people are praying in tongues up here. You know, this is so far. Can we give them a round of applause? Thank you, Lord. Now we have a we have a book that we want to give each one of you that is going to explain in more detail what's just happened. So that you can take one of these, you can take one of these, you can head on back to your seats. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Make sure everyone gets one. Thank you, Lord. Can we, can we give the Lord some praise? He is so good. He is so, so good. Thank you, Lord. Now I want to take a second just to pray for people that I know have physical ailments in their body. You see, once people receive salvation, once they receive the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, it's a lot easier for them to receive physical healings and other things from the Lord because they already have the power of God in them. Amen. So do, could you put your hand up if you, have a, if you have a physical need of healing in your body today? Put your hand up in the air. If you have a physical need, if you can't put your hand up in the air, just nudge your neighbor to do that for you. Okay, we'll pray for you. Perfect. Now, the people around them, could you lay a hand on them? Just lay a hand on their shoulder. If you're standing next to someone with their hand up, there we go. Perfect. There's a lady up here with her hand, a gentleman in the middle. These people in the middle, make sure someone comes lay hands on them. Body of faith heal. Listen, believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. You're the body with the hands. Okay? So make sure no one's left out. We are the body. We lay hands on the sick and they share a cover. I'm going to do the praying, but I need you to be the hands that are laid on. Amen? Okay, perfect. So let's all stand in agreement for their brothers and sisters right now. In Jesus' name, we just take authority over every lying sickness, every lying disease in Jesus' name. Every condition of the body that is otherwise than health, right now we rebuke you in Jesus' name. We command you to leave these bodies. We command you to, to leave these minds right now. 
We, we, we drive out that sickness. We drive out that disease in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you are moving through us from the top of our head to the sole of our feet, that every symptom is leaving these bodies. There is pain leaving people's bodies right now. There are bones that are knitting back together. There's tendons and ligaments and, and muscles that are coming back as one. But there is a healing power flowing through you from the top of your head to the very soles of your feet. There's an autoimmune disease that's being corrected right now. We take authority over cancerous cells in the body, over lumps and bumps and cysts and fibroids and tumors in the body. We command them to shrink, to be dissolved, to be removed from your presence in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Strength coming back, movement coming back, movement coming back to joints, to, 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 to neck and neck. Somebody's had a pain in their neck. It's the devil. He's a pain in the neck. Right now, we command that to leave in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Spine straightening, hips aligning, ears hearing, eyes seeing in Jesus' name. Every organ in the body functioning as it was created to be. Right now, in Jesus' name. Lord, we believe and we receive. We cancel diagnosis. We cancel prognosis. We cancel infirmity. We command the spirit of infirmity to be gone. In Jesus' name, right now. Right now, be gone. Loosed from your infirmity. Thank you, Lord. Every single part of us, every single part of us was created to praise you. It was created to worship you. It was created to respond to your word, Jesus. And right now we say, let it be unto us according to your word. According to your word. You sent your word and healed us. We believe it and we receive that healing power in our body flowing through our members. Right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And all the people said, Amen. Now check yourself. You need to check yourself. Because when the word is spoken, the word is awoken on the inside of us. You know, we just had a, a conference, the other day, a meeting the other day. We had a lady with a spine of scoliosis that was completely straightened. We had a child that was nonverbal with autism start speaking their first words. We had a man that was sick from birth. If he had an eye condition from birth, he couldn't see far in front of him, could see to the back of the room. He'd had that from birth. We had a man for 20 years was not able to raise his arm, was raising his arm to praise Jesus. So check yourself right now. You might need to bend. You might need to stretch. You might need to do something that you couldn't do. Check yourself for the power of God is working on the inside of you. How many people say the power of God has worked on the inside of me and I can feel it? How many people can feel a difference? You can feel a difference. Yeah, there it is. There it is. I know you can give your testimonies to Pastor Tafara. But right now, we just want to say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.